Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 151, The Coming Wrath, Vengeance. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. Yeah, there's so much they are trying to hide from us right now. I think the things, not just in the Bible, but what they're doing behind the scenes yeah. are all being covered up, John. And um, yeah, we're going to try to expose what we can when we can. Uh-huh. But you know, um, uh, these news items that we've kind of been talking about in the last few episodes um, makes me think that, you know, you and I, in our daily lives, we don't cover that much news that we watch. I watch very little news because yeah, I, I don't see how much of it is true. You know, I, I maybe read some headlines, yeah. but you, you just can't trust what they're putting out. I, I really don't think you can. I don't care what the source is because yeah. there are sources that for years I've used, and I guess you could call them conservative although I would call them more libertarian. Mm-hmm. Um, but even those I don't trust. And, and it's funny that I, what, what they focus on is always some sort of a political solution rather than the spiritual area yeah. that we talk about. So one of the things that made you and I think about as we discussed it was to ask you guys who are listening to us, um, whether you're our premium subscribers or not, we'd love to hear from you. Are there topics that you'd like us to discuss, whether it's a full podcast episode or you just want us to bring something up uh, as we you know, sit down yeah. here and discuss a few things before we dive into the deeper stuff in the Bible, uh, let us know. Send us a note, send us a comment, send us an email. Uh, all the links are available for you to reach out to yeah. us any way you can. We always appreciate your comments, uh, even the negative ones. They're overwhelmingly positive. But every now and then we get somebody that disagrees, and that's okay. Um, you know, I, I may not write you back if you write me something that's just ugly <laughs> or, or useless. Uh, but if you, if you write me and, um, and you're seeking some information or whatever, I'm going to do my best to try to get back to you. I, I am behind yeah. uh, answering some uh, email, whether it's coming from our website or directly. And part of that is the way my job works. Yeah, uh, yeah. At times, I get behind on things because of other responsibilities that I have to take care of. But we will eventually reach back out to you and get back to you. So but don't. You, but hesitate. you're not so much talking about topics because I don't. Th- we're not short on topics. We've got lots of stuff to talk about. And I, I know guess, you got a lot of stuff in your head. I guess what we're, I mean is we're, topics. We're of, talking about current events. Yeah, like current what? Because I think a lot of people have a lot of questions around yeah. things like why are there UFOs showing up and whistleblowers talking yeah. about UFOs and no one in the media talks about it. That doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. So if we could spend five minutes kind of answering those questions and maybe putting a biblical spin on it. Right. Spin's For maybe example, not the best word, you know, well, but you, you know what I mean? Like a, why a are view. they why is the media not covering it? So yeah. what's the reason behind that? You it's, know, it's that's just one example. But it's a point of view and it's uh we the, one thing that's not unique necessarily, but uh, the focus of our show is that we want to put a Bible perspective on everything that we can. You know, if somebody wants to say, where in the Bible is America in her demise mentioned? Well, it's not. Uh, The name America shows up nowhere in Scripture, and I don't know of any verse that talks about it. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it is typified in many ways in the Roman Empire. I do believe America is an empire. I believe it's run not by the people that we elect. And I think they are figureheads only yeah. uh, and mostly smoke and mirrors. But we do know that we are moving towards a one-world government. Yes. And in order for a one-world government to occur, the United States has got to fall in some kind of power structure, whether that be the dollar falling or whether that be political or just power on the world stage. And so, it's not just America. So that's just one topic yeah. that we could spend some time on because people may ask something like that. Yeah. So 
It's you not know, just America. It's Russia. It's China. Absolutely. There are yeah. what we call superpowers. They're not empires necessarily, like the British Empire was or Rome or America, which is yeah, an empire. Yeah. But they are certainly, um, if America gets replaced, they could step into the yeah. fray uh, as the next top dog superpower empire Whatever, but you're right. Ultimately, and, and I think the stage is already set for the new world order. Yeah, for the one world government, and I I believe that America is probably implementing it more than any other nation has. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, they need a global currency for mm -hmm. sure, which is in the works. Which is in the works, but you can't have a global currency when you have a yen, a mm -hmm. ruble, right, and a dollar. Which is the one move of those to the has digital, got to fall, or all of them would yeah. have to fall. So the move to the all, digital currency yeah, is, is exactly taking care of that. So. Yeah, so all of this is uh, things that we can discuss, like I said, it's just, you know, topical things, uh, current yeah. events, whatever, like you said. As far as, yeah, topics about podcast episodes, I, I don't mind you sending me those ideas, too, though, because yeah. I do get ideas. People request, uh, like I mentioned, um, somebody um, recently sent me an email about the Euphrates River mm -hmm. uh, yeah. or, or a message. And actually, I did get an email from another person that wanted to talk about, uh, and I think it's a video link. I haven't seen it yet, but he was saying... Uh, does God give each one of us an individual galaxy in the new heaven and the new earth? Which that's, is a wild that's concept interesting. Yeah, to think about. Uh, and because it's, it's possible that, you know, when we think about we're going to live in eternity. Yeah. And if the universe is as fast as it is, you it would make sense do, right? that we're going to expand forever. You yeah. know? I mean, there's, there's, there's going to be no end to exploring and discovering and yeah. whatever, creating, composing, whatever. So anyway, all of that to be said that we do want to hear from you. Now, uh, today we're going to continue and hopefully conclude our series about the coming wrath, John. Okay. And okay. we're going to conclude with the vengeance of God. Wow. Okay. So this episode is going to be brought to us by our seekers, which are our premium subscribers. And those, uh, the five that we are going to thank this week are going to be Amber P., Sandra N., Joy W., Susan K. and Mike W. Awesome. Thank you guys for your support. Absolutely. We appreciate all of you that subscribe. That helps us continue to do what we do. Uh, we have basically two funding sources for this ministry. One is you as the subscribers, and the other is donations, which, you know, are more random. So uh, if you feel like you want to support us one of those two ways, feel free to do so. Unlock the Bible Now is how you can donate if you wish. You can actually donate through Supercast, too. Yeah. Uh, I found yeah. that people can do that. But to really uh, get your money's worth, if you want to call it that, subscribing gives you access to all our bonus content, which we're always trying to improve. And we're hoping to give you uh, information that you can use that's kind of unique to you, our newsletter, videos that we do each month that are linked in the newsletter. We have a special website members area where you can mm -hmm. communicate to us and share thoughts and ideas. It's sort of an open forum. And, of course, the full interviews of our guest episodes. Yeah. Did you mention show notes? And the show notes that there are you downloadable. You can read the show notes in yeah. any of our um, podcast episode formats, but to be able to download them as a PDF, I forget about that. I'm yeah. glad you Which is a really cool that. way if you... Obviously, you don't want to read your show notes while you're driving. Yeah, true. <laughs> if, if you're on your commute, but if you like to listen to the podcast and you really want to kind of study side by side, you have the show notes right there that you can kind of go through. That's so. true. Well, and and especially for those that actually sometimes use this information in their own teaching classes mm -hmm. of things like that, they might meet with groups. Uh, please take advantage of those things. So the coming wrath, John, okay. uh, we're going to wrap up Isaiah 24. We've been spending our time in that one chapter because there's so many verses that describe uh, sections of the coming wrath of God okay. that are not necessarily the details that we find in the book of Revelation, but they certainly connect to the events of the book of Revelation. Okay. And as we state uh, with each one of these openings, we that are believers are delivered from this coming wrath. Everybody that's trusted Christ as their Savior, saved means saved from the wrath to come. So the Lord is returning. First, he's going to gather the church, take us out of the way. That's mm -hmm. the rapture. Okay. <clears throat> then seven years later, he's coming back with this army. And we discussed a little bit about that the first yeah. one we did. Where And you, you asked a good question about, is it angels? Is it us? And I think it's all the above. Hmm. Uh, we come back to share in that glory. Whether or not I'm wielding a sword is another story. Yeah. But um, but he is the Lord of hosts, and hosts means armies. So he's coming back to destroy the kingdom of the Antichrist. And then we're just going to conclude today 
in Isaiah 24. So I'm going to ask you to join us in chapter 24, verse 16. And we're going to pick up here where we, we're going to dive into the vengeance. Why is this wrath coming? It's for vengeance. Okay. So verse 16 says, From the uttermost part of the earth we have heard songs, even glory to the righteous. But I said, My leanness, my leanness, woe unto me. The treacherous dealers have dealt treacherously. Yea, and he watch, he repeats it. The treacherous dealers have dealt very treacherously. I immediately think of the Luciferians. Yeah. The satanic elite, you know, they're the treacherous dealers. And so Isaiah's writing, oh, woe unto us because of these men. They, they're the oppressors of the earth. He really puts a lot of emphasis on that. He does. He does. So he says, fear in the pit and the snare are upon thee, O inhabitant of the earth. You do not want to be around uh, for this time because you've got fear, the pit, and the snare. And in a moment, he's going to say, if one doesn't get you, the next will. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like a chased by a bear and you go into the house and a snake bites you. you know? <laughs> I, think I, I think I'll go with a snake over yeah. a bear any day. <laughs> well, literally, there's a passage that describes something like that in the, in the Bible. So he says, and, and here it is, and it shall come to pass that he who fleeth from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit. And he that cometh up out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in the snare. For the windows from on high are open and the foundations of the earth do shake. So... In the midst of God's wrath, what's happening is he's, he's paying back the earth mm -hmm. for all the evil that's been done. We've lived in a time of grace for 2,000 years where God has not been imputing or holding to the account trespasses or sins. Yeah. He's been extending his grace to the world to accept Christ as Savior. But when he removes that offer, and it's coming, that offer is removed when the church is removed. Yeah. And grace will not be the message. God's gracious all the time, but it, this is not a time of grace. It's a time of wrath. We should give thanks to God every day that you're born into the dispensation of grace. You really should. <laughs> every, because everyone not, within the sound of my voice. It's if, not good on either side of that dispensation. <laughs> right. It was very tough in the beginning, and it's going to be very tough afterwards. That is very true. We, we have been we kind of hit doubly the sweet blessed spot. to live in it. Yeah. yeah. So the entire earth is going to be impacted. Okay. by the wrath of God. There's no escaping those, for those who take the mark of the beast and who refuse to worship the Lord in heaven. So okay. these are the ones that are targeted here, the treacherous dealers, the inhabitants of the earth, and as we discussed you know, two episodes ago, uh, those inhabitants uh, broke the everlasting covenant. They yeah. transgressed the laws and whatnot. So if we look in verse 19, continuing on, we're going to discuss something that came up in the first verse, when he said the earth will be turned upside down. Yeah. And so he says in verse um, 19, the earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean, dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. And he's not talking about a country or the land when he says here. It's the entire earth. Hmm. The entire earth. And then it says, the earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. So earlier in verse 1, when we read that the earth shall be turned upside down, here we see it being broken down, moving exceedingly, and reeling to mm -hmm. and fro. So I want to get back to visiting this idea that there's reason to believe that a polar shift is going to take place. Yeah. Now, John, I don't know that that necessarily means north has to flip completely to south, although turning upside, upside down, down implies like that. that's what it would be. Yeah. yeah. But what is up and what is down to the Lord, you know, from the earth's yeah. perspective? Yeah. We, you know, if you live in Australia, south is up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're in the north, but we're below. I kind of just bent my brain a little bit yeah. when you said that. I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> so... And what's interesting is when you think about up and down in the Bible from the perspective of the Bible, for example, when we read the story of the Good Samaritan, mm -hmm. it opens, it says, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. So you think down from Jerusalem. So as you and I live in Texas, right? So yeah. we're in the south. So we think of going down south. Yeah. yeah that's a term we use. Absolutely. It's like up north. Down south. That's all I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we think of north as up, but in reality, it's not. 
because it's a sphere and there's no real, the direction is not that way, you know, because uh, you can be uh, north. Is it up? I mean, it depends on your perspective, right? Okay. But down from Jerusalem is in elevation. Okay. Jerusalem is a yeah. mountain. Jericho's on a plain. Yeah. So the man went down from Jerusalem. Now, there's probably um, uh, spiritual applications of that that mean, like, that's a picture of his uh, condition. Down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jericho, the picture of the Nephilim Canaanites. Yeah. yeah. Jerusalem, the, the, the mountain of God. So it's like maybe a picture of the of the fall of man, hmm, okay. in a broad sense. Yeah. But still in elevation, it's down. Yeah. So when we talk about broken down and and um, uh, moving, reeling to and fro like a drunkard, we don't know which way is up necessarily. So turning it upside down, as far as God's concerned, could be any number of things. Hmm. Now, if we think about the axis of the Earth and it's spinning east to west or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, that would seem to not be the tilting because it's already doing that, you know. Yeah. But what if it simply turned like this? So the poles are now instead of north and south, east and west. Okay. And then the equator is now longitudinal and it's north and south. Yeah. That could happen. You know, like a top on its side. Uh, I guess the endless possibilities yeah, here, really. but so we're just trying to say that we we have a Western perspective, yeah, and it's not always the the proper way to view things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sometimes we have to think, what does the Lord mean by that? So reeling to and fro like a drunkard is almost like the way it wobbles. So it may just be a wobbling, yeah, like a axis. shaking of the whole yeah earth. Yeah, and and when it happens, and if it is a polar shift that's going to take place, there are even scientists. Uh, who not necessarily believers, but they predicted that such a thing is going to occur. Okay. Now they may put it off for hundreds of thousands of years, or maybe millions. millions. Yeah. Uh, but what they say, if it were to happen, is it would result in the total annihilation of life on the Earth, because if the Earth shifted on its axis, let's say, let's just say it's a quarter turn. Mm-hmm. We're just we're we're giving a hypothetical yeah. here, so we don't know. But let's just say, and actually, I don't think the axis of the Earth is perfectly straight. I think it's already tilted yeah. 23 degrees. Something like that, yeah. 12 degrees, whatever it is. But let's just say the North Pole shifted to be in line with the equator. Okay. okay. So that means as the Earth is spinning on its axis and it suddenly shifted, the land itself, the, 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 even though there'd be tectonic plates moving and earthquakes and all that stuff, the land itself, the mass of the core of the Earth is what's turning but not the atmosphere and the wind and the water. The water is going to slosh around just like you picked up a glass and no, shook absolutely. it like that. Yeah, you know? That's what I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about that. It was like these massive tidal waves. Yeah. And it says that people survived that, right? Well, and it says there's inhabitants, and right? most Well, the Bible says they're going to survive it, but most yeah. of, if you look at any scientific models in the theory... It seems like there's no way. Would, there's survive. no way. It would, yeah. it would be huge, two-mile-high tsunamis. Yeah. Because you think about the wind that, that is blowing at whatever speed mm-hmm. the Earth is rotating. It, what is it, like 15,000 miles an hour or, or some you're, you're some the scientist yeah. between the two of us. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's putting it. <laughs> I'm the rock loosely. historian. You're the scientist. <laughs> I, I'm hardly a, hardly a scientist, but you can look at these things up. I mean, you, you can look these yeah. up and, on the web, and you can find out what is the rotational spin of the Earth and the speed of it. And unless you're from the the, the group of flat Earth believers, we'll just accept the science of that's yeah. been whatever's been proven, uh, and that is. That if suddenly the, it would be like you being in a car that suddenly comes to a stop at 200 miles an hour. You're going to go flying mm-hmm. and you're going to die. So that would happen all over the earth. That the earth would stop, but the tides and the and whatever, and the motion of the wind oh, and the atmosphere would continue yeah. to blow. And it would be, you know, suddenly the equator would flash freeze mm-hmm. because it's now north and facing away from the sun if it's <laughs> summer you know, or whatever. And so you, you can just imagine what devastation there would be. So how could yeah. anybody survive that? Maybe a fraction, like a, a, a handful of tribes that somehow managed to get to high ground or, uh, you, I don't know, they were in the desert or they were in the mountains or something, but it would be... Underground? Yeah, yeah underground would be about the only. Yeah. I don't believe that kind of devastation is going to happen. Because okay. what would be left for the Lord to come back to? 
you know, if that was the case. So now well, we got to ask. It, sorry, go ahead. Well, go. You can well, get I was going to say, but then you, the world, the Earth is such a dynamic system that it would just be. I mean, there'd be complete devastation, but then, but then everything would start to regrow, and water yeah. would re would subside to new places, and it would just be almost like a new Earth. Yeah. So I think I, I think you're right, and I think if if we if we can believe the science uh, that we that is confirmed now that we understand, and in the theoretical model of what would happen if the Earth shifted on its axis, mm-hmm. then the rotational speed and weather water and wind would all continue in their current rate and create this devastation as the earth came to a screeching halt when it shifted as it does. And it would create these, like I said, huge tidal waves, flash freezing, and utter devastation. But I think the Lord prepared for this. Yeah. To not let it be as devastating as that. Because when you read the book of Revelation, you see a fourth of the the trees, a third of the trees, or whatever. Not all things. How could there be any trees left, you know, if the ocean overflowed everywhere and did that kind of thing? So I think I found a verse that may address the situation. It's Revelation chapter 7, verse 1. It says, And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. Isn't that interesting? Four corners, which is mm-hmm. not to say the earth is a square. It's flat again. You're giving more ammo to it. More ammo to it, right. <laughs> well, the four corners is, is a is a uh, lyric, is a metaphor, I guess, if you yeah, can say, yeah. or a figurative reference to the four points of the compass. Almost like, yeah, I was going to say northeast. North, south, southeast, west, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you can have those on a sphere yeah, as well as a flat plane. Yeah. So, uh, so the angel is standing on the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Hmm. Now, isn't that interesting? Why hold the wind? What if that's the timing of the shift? Yeah, so we don't get utter destruction. So we don't get utter destruction. That's my hypothesis. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. In other words, they're going to hurt the earth and the sea. Okay. But for now, they're being instructed to not do so. Okay. Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed in 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And that's where we get that number from. Hmm. The 144,000, which some groups believe that's them. I think Jehovah's Witnesses are the believers of they are the 144,000. So does this mean, and maybe I've asked this question and you've answered it already, so I apologize. Mm-hmm. I'm being redundant. My memory's bad. So does that mean that the earth turning over what you just described happens pre-trib? Or, no, I'm, no, I'm sorry, not pre-trib, mid-trib? It, because you have the 144,000 here, right? Possibly mid-trib. So I'm thinking... Or possibly even in the first three and a half years? Well, I'm thinking that I don't know when it's going to tilt yeah. on its axis, but we know it's during the wrath. So we're kind of getting okay. back to that thing where it seems like the midpoint is a target because that's the ultimate slap in the face of God when the Antichrist himself stands in the temple and declares himself to be God. Gotcha. It would seem to me that's the catalyst. That could be so-called the straw that broke the camel's back. And causes the beginning of this vengeance. Right. Wow. And so, because it would make sense that they got to seal the servants of the God in their foreheads. Don't hurt the earth until then. So my guess would be that besides the plagues that Moses and Elijah, who I think are the two witnesses of Mm -hmm. Revelation 11, are causing upon the earth, which makes the world hate them because of it. And nobody can kill them to stop them from doing it. And uh, isn't it interesting that Elijah... Prayed that it wouldn't rain on the earth for how long? Three and a half years. Hmm. Okay. So I think it's going to be a massive drought. You know, it's, I don't think it's going to rain on the earth at all for three wow. and a half years, like it did in the days of Elijah. And it says the other witness causes the uh, rivers to turn to blood and things like that, and all manner of plagues. What did Moses do in the in the Exodus? Yeah. Same thing. God turn used him to blood. To, yeah. to, in Egypt, and Egypt is a type of the world, right? In the Bible. Could you imagine no rain for three and a half years? What sounds feels I mean, like Texas. We're on like we're on like thirty <laughs> days right now. More, more than thirty <laughs> days. I think. All I know is my yard is yellow. Mine is as brown as <laughs> crispy as a critter, right? 
So it's possible that the Lord is going to have four angels holding back the four winds to not blow on the sea or the mm-hmm. earth during the time of the shifting of the earth. Okay. It might be that they hold back. The earth might shift, and it could be gradual, like not instantly, but within a matter of years, like three and a half years, it's going to shift That's and turn upside down. Okay. And then they're going to let go of the winds. And then you're still going to have earthquakes and tectonic plate shifting and tidal waves and things like that happening, but maybe not to the extent that it would be if it was just a sudden massive, somebody just flipped the earth over upside yeah, down. Yeah, that seems very... Uh, I mean, that's that would cause a huge impact. Yeah. So I never thought that, like you said, it might take several years for this shift to happen. Right. It could be. So it's we're, we're speculating. Uh, he may do it instantly, but... And God can divinely protect however he wants to, but it just seems to me that this is telling me there's going to be some mechanism set in place so that it's not utter devastation. Yeah. Because remember, he's coming back to pour vengeance on the wicked. And if they just all die instantly, that's, you know, yeah. I don't know if, it, well, later on they'll give an account for their judgment anyway. Uh, but otherwise, not even the 144,000 or the remnant would survive the cataclysm that would ensue following a polar shift. Do you think that, that climate change will be the number one topic on the news while that's going on? <laughs> and it's uh, possible the they'll is... be... Bl- they're going to be blaming God for it at that yeah. point. Right now, they're blaming you and me for driving cars, you know, yeah. gas, gas-powered cars. Yeah. Uh, but um, at some point, we know from the book of Revelation that... All men are going to cry out and say, hide us from the face of him who's coming from the wrath yeah. of the land. So they're going to know. They're going to no longer discount that there's a God. They're going to know there's a God and he's coming to pour his wrath out. So they're going to blaspheme him and his name for the fire and the scorching and the earth shifting and all yeah, that kind true. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So it's all coming. Now back to Isaiah 24. And this will pick up in verse 21. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day. So all this is the day of the Lord, which begins with tribulation. Okay. In that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high. Now, remember that word host, and what do we say it means? It's like an army. Army. Yeah. All right, the host of the high ones that are on high. He's not talking about men. No, he's talking about spiritual beings, fallen yeah. angels. Yeah. Yeah. They have an army. Mm-hmm. See, he's going to punish them. It's probably a reference to the battle of Revelation 12. Okay. Michael and his angels fight the dragon and his angels. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about Revelation 12 where it says, it's tailed you a third of the stars from heaven. I had a person comment and said, there's no scripture that proves that a third of the angels joined Lucifer in a rebellion. Well, then why are a third of the angels being a part of his final battle? Yeah. You know, it's it doesn't have to spell it out exactly as we're understanding it, for it to be true. So it's funny how some people want to nitpick over things. Like, you know, they want to, yeah. like, for example, when Adam and Eve sinned, they clothed themselves with fig leaves. Well, that's not going to hide anybody's sin. So God clothed yeah. them with coats of skins. Mm-hmm. Now, that's all it says. But we can glean from other scriptures that what were those coats of skins? Where do you get coats of skin anyway? Dead animals. Dead animals. Yeah. So that means an animal died. Yeah. So, you know, it it doesn't say, and God slew an animal in a burnt sacrifice for Adam and Eve, but that's what happened. Yeah. Because we later on see all the types of the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. And we and it's foreshadowing Jesus Christ. We see a, a lamb being offered as a sin offering under the law. And we see even the very next thing is two children are born, Cain and Abel, and Abel brings of the firstlings of his flock, a sacrifice to the Lord. Where did he learn to do that? Well, God showed him. Mm -hmm. Because what happened in the garden was God killed an animal, probably an innocent lamb, in Adam and Eve's place, because instead of them dying the day that they sinned, Hmm. something died as a substitute. Interesting. And then as a reminder, they were clothed with the skin of that animal, a picture of us being clothed with Jesus's Hmm. righteousness. So wow. people that want to argue and nitpick over things, like you're reading this and reading that, well, you need to read all of the Bible. You need to study it all. And yeah. we can be wrong about things. I'm not saying we're always yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that, you know, when you're showing a lot of spiritual immaturity when you make a statement like, nowhere in the Bible does it say such and such. When in reality, it's not worded that way, but it's worded yeah. in other ways, in other scriptures. So don't be an infant. Search the scriptures. Hmm. Be a Berean. You know, don't be spiritually immature. 
Now, it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high, the satanic angels, yeah. and the kings of the earth upon the earth, the Luciferians, yeah. the human proxies. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered together in the pit, which is hell, and shall be shut up in the prison, because hell is God's prison. And after many days shall they be visited. And I believe that's a thousand years. They're going to be shut up in the prison for a thousand years. And then they'll be visited. Yeah, the final judgment. The great white throne of Revelation uh, 21 or 20. So it's my favorite part of Isaiah 24 is when the fallen angels and the devils, unclean spirits, which are part of the spiritual wickedness in high places, and the hybrid Nephilims that are going to reappear, and they're probably already among us, and the satanic elites themselves finally get what's coming to them. Okay. Their arrogance and the licentiousness of these global leaders and their you know, child sex trafficking and all the oppression and the wars they continue to foment yeah. are all going to finally be reckoned by the Lord. And judgment will fall upon all the disembodied spirits as well as the fallen angels. In fact, I see no place during the time of the thousand-year reign of Christ where there are any fallen angels or any demons at all. At that point, it seems like they're all going to be confined to something else, either the lake of fire or some other prison hmm. that God has prepared for them. Maybe. Now, let me ask you this question per that statement then. Is Satan loosed? It says he's loosed for a time, right? Mm-hmm. At the end. At the end of the thousand year right. millennium. But before the end of the millennial period, is that the correct term? Millennial? Sure. Okay, that millennium period. Men start to turn against God due to their, they still have sin nature during that time. There's still sin, yes. Yeah. By the way, we're going to do an episode on the millennial. Okay. Christ, yeah. So maybe I'll remember to ask this question again. Yeah. So, men, wouldn't that lend to the fact that there's still some demonic activity on the earth? Or is it men purely coming up with the defiance of God on their own I believe without it's, the influence? It's without the influence. I hmm. agree with the second part of that. To me, it is the time in which man will no longer be able to say, the devil made me do it, or something yeah. like that. that yeah. In other words, you're going to have Christ himself reigning on the earth from Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Perfect justice perfect judgment. They beat sores into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks, no war, Mm -hmm. plenty to eat, trees that grow along the river that flows out of the temple that goes to the sea, uh, and it will, um, the the temple of Ezekiel chapter 40 through whatever, and it will uh, produce these trees that the leaves will be for the healing of the nations. Okay. Uh, So that men will live upwards of a thousand years. So they go back to the beginning of like Genesis. The days of that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it'll be like that. It says a child shall die at 100. Imagine being 100 years old and being thought yeah, so a child. Or be still a, being a child. There's going to be a huge population boom oh, yes. as a result of that. Absolutely. And then because. Will the, will the body of Christ be on earth to be judge, be judges of those people that are then on earth? I believe we're going to be on the earth to reign. Okay. Yeah, so we, we come back with him. Uh, it would appear to me that through the parables of like the talents, when he said, you were faithful over little, be thou ruler over 10 cities. Okay. Yeah. We may be the ones who are given reign over the nations because every year they have to go up to fe- keep the Feast of Tabernacles and we might be there to govern to make sure that they all go. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, this ties back into your question, John, because uh, during that time, the remnant that are left on the earth, that is not... Uh, you've got the remnant of Israel. They'll go into their land, and they'll, yeah. they'll be, they're going to be restored as a nation, and they're going to become a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. There's going to be some Gentiles that blessed the seed of Abraham, yeah. that blessed Israel during this time of their trouble, and they helped them out because, remember, they can't take the mark of the beast or they, yeah, uh, yeah. they'll be destroyed. And But if they don't take the mark, they can't buy or sell. So there may be some other Gentiles that don't take the mark of the beast that stockpile some food or medicine or whatever. Yeah. And they help them during the time of trouble. So in Matthew 25, the Lord comes back and he gathers all the nations that are left before him. And he separates them as one separates the sheep from the goats. Goats on the left hand, sheep on the right. The ones on the right are told, come, enter the kingdom prepared for you 
from the okay. foundation of the world. So the kingdom of heaven on the earth is prepared for those Gentiles that did right, and they're going to have the privilege to hear the truth of God preached by Israel to them so that they can be baptized and believe and be saved. Okay. All right? The ones on the left hand are going to go into hell. Okay. Those nations that are on the right hand are going to go in, and they're human flesh and blood beings that are going to procreate. They're going to have mm -hmm. those trees for healing. They're going to beat swords into plowshares. No war. Uh, disease will be cured. All that stuff's going to happen. A perfect world, a perfect government. Lamb laying down with the line. No predators eating. They go back to eating plants. Mm -hmm. All that stuff. And yet they're going to be offering uh, sacrifices because there's going to be some who will not accept, even with all this, when their children are born. You know, think of Israel and <clears throat> they saw all the mighty works of God and then the next generation came mm -hmm. and they forgot it. Yeah. You know, and so they turned and they sinned. I was they just thinking that, just like they did under Moses. Yep. So it'll be like that. And as those children get older, they're going to be preached to by the priesthood of Israel. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be taught the law out of Zion. And they're going to have an opportunity to believe on Christ. But many of them don't want to do it. They see it as oppression. They can't do what they want to do. They, want to, they don't want to be accountable. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they want to sin. They want to take over. They want to oppress. They want to start wars. They want to do all these things. Yeah. But they've got no one to lead them into it because the moment sin happens, it's judged. Mm -hmm. And okay. they're held accountable every year because every year they have to go keep the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. They have to travel. And I think we're going to be involved in that. We that are in resurrected bodies that come back with the Lord hmm. will be involved in governing those nations. But for a thousand years, you're right, there's going to be a population explosion. You know, no sin. Well, there's sin, but there's no, um, uh, there's not all those things that are the repercussions of sin right now yeah. because Christ is here and he's judging it immediately. But at some point, they're going to say, we've had enough. We don't want this. And the minute Satan is loosed, he's able to gather this army so large that it says it outnumbers the sand of the sea. Wow. So there's going to be many, many human beings on the earth that will join him in a final insurrection because they don't want Jesus Christ to be there. It happens king. all over again. All over again. After a thousand years of a perfect government. Now, those that do believe are going to be, and it's my opinion, I can't prove this, but it's my opinion, that when Satan is loose, they're going to do this attack during one of the Feasts of Tabernacles. Because mm -hmm. during the Feast of Tabernacles, Israel would make their tents and they would camp. Okay. And uh, all the Gentile nations that do believe are going to be at the Feast of Tabernacles in their tents around Jerusalem. Because they're not allowed to go into Jerusalem if they're uncircumcised. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. Okay, because okay, at some point it says the uncircumcised shall no more enter into there. So they'll be on the outskirts of the city, and they bring their sacrifices for the temple, and the priesthood brings the sacrifices and offers them for them, and all that kind of thing, whatever it is they're supposed to bring. Well, while they're there, it says that this army that's gathered together at the end of the thousand years by Satan, loose from his prison, they're called Gog and Magog. It says they surround the camp of the saints. Hmm, okay. It's a camp. Yeah. Why would it be called a camp if it wasn't the Feast of Tabernacles? Yeah, yeah. That's my opinion. So uh, that's when they're going to attack. And at that moment, the Lord will rain down fire from heaven and burn up the earth completely and create a new heaven and a new earth. Hmm. It says the heaven will depart as a scroll and he'll, there'll be a great judgment. And that's when all the dead are going to be raised from the prisons of hell and the, and everything else. And everybody whose name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life will be thrown into the lake of fire. But all the righteous will go on into the new heaven and the new earth. Hmm. It's amazing. That's a lot. Yeah. It's amazing. And we just covered the next 1,007 years of history. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's a lot. <laughs> and that's just a summary. We're going to go into a detailed yeah. uh, explanation of that at some point. So uh, hmm. all of, to me, it's during that thousand-year reign that um, the, uh, the current wicked population, mm -hmm. uh, the, the devil and his angels, all the demonic spirits, 
and all the hybrid Nephilims that'll be resurging during that time are going to be placed in some form of a prison in hell during the next thousand years. So that'll be a future podcast mm-hmm. on the millennium. Yeah, we can probably absolutely a two-parter at least. Yeah, and then the Lord. Uh, so, th- so before the thousand years starts, the Lord comes back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've been reading uh, from Isaiah twenty-four the passage that said uh, that um, he's uh, the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones, and they're going to be gathered together in the pit in the prison. And so Isaiah sixty-three gives us a little picture of this. And it's almost like he's asking, who is this one that's coming to bring the vengeance? And the Lord himself is answering him, it's me. Mm-hmm. And you find that in Isaiah, 60, okay. Isaiah 63, verse 1, where Isaiah writes, who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? And, you know, when we had uh, Timothy Alberino on several weeks back, we're talking about Mars and Edom. Yeah. Could it be that the path that the Lord takes through the universe to come back to the earth, he's going to bypass Mars? You know, like maybe one of the first things he does is he destroys all the military bases that are currently there. Yeah. And by the way, the um, the three guys that testified uh, in the UAP congressional hearings that I mentioned, one of them at least believes that there is cooperation between our military and the aliens, okay. which I believe are fallen angels. Yeah. But... Um, Do they mention Mars? No, they don't. But it ties back into what Timothy and I, and I were discussing, and you, uh-huh. uh, when he was on the show, and what I've heard him discuss on other programs as well. And he, he does give credit to a, a man named, I think, David Jacobs, who first postulated this idea about Mars. But... There are those that believe, and they're more expert in this area than I am, that we have long had military bases on the moon and on Mars. Okay. Uh, probably since Roswell. And um, that the reason we stopped going to the moon, I know there's so much people that believe we never went to the moon, and maybe we never did. I don't know. Yeah. But if we did, we stopped going. So why did we stop? And I think it's because of what they found there. Hmm. So while we needed Werner von Braun and NASA and the scientists and the astronauts and all that stuff and the Saturn V rocket to make that Apollo mission happen, how do we know that once they got up there, they went, holy smoke, and there were bases already there with the advanced technology that we've been reverse engineering since, Yeah, you know, Roswell. I think I subscribe to the theory that they never went. Yeah. Because if... Let's think about it. You would have to assume that all of NASA <laughs> did not know or was not in the know that there were military bases on the moon, right? Or else they would never go up there. And you would also have to assume that here comes this rocket flying towards a military base. They would just shoot it down. Yeah. And then NASA would just say, yeah, it blew up. Like, yeah. it just blew up. <laughs> Which might be what happened to one or two of them. I don't and by know. the way, when that thing took off from the surface of the moon and went back to Earth, who took the picture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's so many questions. I don't know. Well, and what we do know is NASA lies a lot. Yeah. And they yeah. are frauds in that, you know, um, they they doctor things. They lose stuff. Yeah. How do you lose historical documentation of lunar landings? How do you lose information about that or photos about that? We know they tint <laughs> and they alter photos that come from yeah. Mars or lunar orbiters and, and Mars orbiters and things like that. And why don't they want to go back to the Sidonian region of Mars and scan over that, and take pictures of the face and the pyramids. Mm-hmm. You know, they're lying. They're lying yeah, about all yeah. that. So it could be that when it says in Isaiah sixty-three that who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments, garments from Basra, that he could literally come from the east of Jerusalem in Edom, coming towards it. You know, as he and maybe he'll gather the wilderness saints as okay. he goes. You know, I think Ryan Peterson we talked about that on at the at the summit some. Uh, but it could also be a, a picture of Mars, perhaps, the red planet, Esau, Edom, yeah. red, the red yeah. hairy one, who, who, by the way, is, you know, as Timothy was, uh, or Alberina was, was uh, postulating, um, he's not normal. That, so, that twin one, son of Jacob was so a, one hairy dude. <laughs> that was red funny. And hairy, I mean, it was hilarious. <laughs> and, and we even got into a potential discussion about could he have been planted as a as a Nephilim type host in Rebecca's yeah. womb, yeah. But but the natural child was uh, Isaac. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, um, uh, Jacob. 
yeah. Jacob, the son of Isaac. Um, anyway, so the answer is, who is this coming from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? And dyed doesn't mean he, somebody gave him some food coloring. This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. Who is this? He's asking. And here's Jesus's answer. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. You know, who are you? It's me. I that speak in righteousness. So you know it's the mm -hmm. Lord. Then he answers or asks again, wherefore art thou red in thine apparel? So the dye is red. And thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat, red grapes, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, in other words, wherefore means why? Are, why are you stained red? And he answers, I have trodden or treaded the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in mine anger and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. So when he comes back, the Lord's come back. It's a bloodbath. Yeah. He is coming to kill these wicked men who would deign to have control over us, the Schwabs and the uh, Kissingers and the Rothschilds and the wh whoever else you want to name. There are some wicked people. People, you have no idea the satanic influence that these human beings have. Mm -hmm. We're going to do an episode on occult Washington, D.C., it is a lightning rod for demonic activity. Yeah. Everything about its architectural design is designed to focus demonic energy. Don't send your Christian, well-meaning, conservative candidates to Washington. That would be yeah. like throwing a, a, an innocent child into a room filled with devils. Yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you want to run for a congressional office or president if you're a saved person? I can't even comprehend wanting to... He said, come out from among them and be separate yeah, and touch not the unclean thing. So I completely disagree with conservative Christianity hmm. and the thinking that we just need to vote in good Christian God, godly men and women into office. You are throwing them into the lion's den, yeah. and God said to get out of there. So yeah. that's my opinion. Yeah, no, yeah. And it says go and spread the word, not... Yeah. Get out, the, not get up Don't in Washington, Don't enact legislation. Go, yeah, let's go change things in Washington, D.C. Man, we're spiraling out of control. You're not going to yeah. stop it. Hmm. I, I remember a young man telling me one time that there was a governor's race in Texas years back, and uh, one of the candidates was the current governor, which was Rick Perry, and he was running for re-election. And there was another candidate running against him that was a libertarian candidate that, to me, was a constitutionalist. Mm -hmm. And uh, I ended up in a conversation with a person one time, and I said, well, I like that. It was a woman. Mm -hmm. I said, I liked what she had to say about it. And he goes, my pastor said, if you don't vote for Rick Perry, then the next child in Texas that's aborted is on your cut, is your responsibility. You murdered that child. Okay. Can you believe that? Yeah. That is the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard, but some Christians think that way. Mm -hmm. They are so militant in their political beliefs, that they think that our votes are going to turn this world around. Yeah, hmm. It's not going to happen, because if it was, then God would be a liar. Yeah. So get out of politics. Hmm. Paul said, be not entangled with the things of this world. You know, And we're called to be a soldier of the cross, and that means standing on the truth of the gospel, yeah. not legislation. So, and, and honestly, with all the years you've ever had a so-called conservative Republican Congress or a president, what changed? Tell me what changed for the yeah, better. Yeah. How did the world turn into a better place? It didn't, because they're controlled by the same spirits. You were supposed to pound your fist into your hand right there and, and say it like Joe Biden. Think about what you think about. <laughs> I can't say think that. Think about what you think about. What is that? That doesn't make sense to me. Well, he's, <laughs> he's so brain addled, he doesn't even know where he is. All right. All right, so back to the <laughs> Word of God. Sorry about my pontificating. I'm going to get my soapbox now. I trod the wine press alone, Jesus says. And of the people, there was none with me. For I will tread them in mine anger, trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments. And I will stain all my raiment. And here it is. For the day of vengeance is in my heart. Mm-hmm. And the year of my redeemed is come. In other words, the vengeance for God's redeemed. He's coming to finally pay them back. Pay back the ones that persecuted his people. And I looked and there was none to help me. 
And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, mine own right arm brought salvation unto me. And my fury, it upheld me. And I will tread down the people in mine anger and make them drunk in my fury. And I will bring down their strength to the earth. That's a strong passage. And it's fulfilled literally in Revelation 19. Hmm. You You can read the coming of the Lord in Revelation 19. But notice how the redeemed of the Lord are always delivered from wrath. Even though it is the day of vengeance for the rest of the world, we shall finally witness the Lord avenging his people on the wicked. And I I remember recently making a comment about some political figure. Uh, I think it was that horrible California congressman that has the bug eyes that lies about everything. (laughs) The serial liar. What's his name? Shifty? Oh, Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff. (laughs) And and I said something about... He's going to burn in the bottom of the lake of fire. Yeah. And somebody commented like, uh, judge not lest you be judged, you know. Okay. As if that's the blanket okay. thing for everything. And I said, no, the word of God says, if your name is not found written in the book of life, you will be cast in the lake of fire. And as far as I'm concerned, this man's not a Christian. I don't think, I think he's even Jewish, but he's probably not a, a, an Orthodox Jew. I would um, put money on the fact that he's probably not a Christian well, yet I, I think by his actions alone. I can tell I, you right I'm now. I'm not judging him personally. Yeah. but Well, I don't mind telling you that I believe he is absolutely part of something satanic. Uh, and not just because he's from California, uh, but because... But that uh, increases his odds, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm certain, I can't prove it, but he's involved in the pe- pedophile ring. Oh, yeah. And they've got... Because nobody lies like that with no evidence whatsoever unless they've got a gun to your head. Yeah. He's controlled, and they've got something on him. Controlled so and protected. He would be, you're going to be the fall guy. You're going to be the idiot that goes out there and lies through your teeth mm-hmm. about everything and just looks as though it's no big deal. And you're gonna, we're going to make you appear righteous. But uh, I guarantee you he's got who knows what wickedness he's done. And so he's just a pick. He's the poster boy to me of all these uh, satanic elites and pedophiles and whatever have you. And um, it's the Lord that's going to pay them back. They're finally going to face their comeuppance. Because mm-hmm. when it says judge not lest you be judged, we're not being the judges of their actions. I'm not fit to judge a man, any man because yeah. I'm a sinner too. Yeah. But I'm saved by the grace of God. But he's going to do the judging. He's yeah. going to do the vengeance. So we can warn and we're told to do so. We should warn of the coming wrath and tell this guy, if there's any chance he can get saved, he better trust Christ now. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, God mm-hmm. will put him in the bottom of the lake of fire. So go to Romans 12. Okay. And uh, here we see what Paul wrote about this vengeance. He says, recompense, which means payback, to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible as much as life, then you live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. See, we're not making judgment. Yeah. But give, rather give place unto wrath the wrath of God. Mm -hmm. Give him, he's the only righteous God that can judge these men. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. I guess if Adam Schiff showed up at my house and he said, I broke down, uh, can I use your phone? I would certainly let him use it. What if you want to stay the night, though? I'd let him stay the (laughs) night. And I guarantee you, I'd preach till he ran screaming out of the house. I'd preach to him that he needs Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. If, and I'd try to save him by fear, pulling him out of the fire if I could, mm-hmm. you know, because he is going to spend eternity in hell yeah. if he doesn't trust Christ. And so are all the rest of these birds. So he says, therefore, if I talk about dirty birds or filthy birds, uh-huh. unclean, you know, in, yeah. in Revelation, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So this is why we are told not to avenge ourselves. Only God mm-hmm. is able. He, he's the only one fit to judge righteously for all the evil done against his people. And when you think about it, he's the only one who can. People that say, yeah. how could a loving God allow this and this and this and this, you know? And they don't understand who God is. And they don't understand the nature yeah. of free will and all that took place before man was even created. They don't understand any of that. So they want to define God as their conception of him. So God is the only one that can do the vengeance, and he's the only one that can judge because he knows everything. He knows the whole story from start to finish. We're just the latest little part of his kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know, we came along 6,000 years ago, 
His kingdom has been around a lot longer than that. Yeah. Right? So finally, we come to the last passage of Isaiah 24. Okay. And it says, Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. So as we've repeated before, we should always remember that the Lord of hosts means Lord of armies. He's coming back to, he's returning with an army and his very glorious presence will be so bright that it will cause the sun and the moon to be ashamed. Hmm. I heard a preacher say one time that, um, the reason why in the rapture we go up to meet the Lord in the clouds is because he's going to have to hide in the thick darkness. And the clouds may be the cloud of his glory, but the earth won't see it. You know. Okay. Because if he came and we saw him, the brightness of his glory would already start to destroy the earth. Hmm. You know, if, if when he appears in glory... Yeah. It would be brighter than the noonday sun, like Paul saw him. Yeah. You know, it's going to make the sun and moon to be ashamed. And how, how could you miss that, right? So I, I think it's a, it's a hidden catching up of the body of Christ. Oh, so what you're saying is that when the rapture occurs, we go up, but you don't necessarily see Jesus or God coming down? Because no, we will go up to meet him in the clouds. My point is the clouds are there to hide him from oh, the earth. okay. So that the earth doesn't see the brightness of his glory. We're going to see it when we go out to meet him. Interesting. Yeah. And that's the point this preacher was making, that his glory would destroy the wicked. Mm -hmm. You know, the very glory of his presence. So we're we're caught up to meet him up there rather than him coming down to the earth. Hmm. Because he's taking us to prepare us to come with him when he returns in that glory. That It says that he destroys the Antichrist with the brightness of his coming. Yeah. You know, the the very Antichrist will be destroyed by the brightness of his Hmm. coming. Well, wow. yeah, very interesting. And then Second Thessalonians chapter two, <clears throat> kind of. Uh, in fact, that's the the verse I was just quoting here. In verse eight, it says, "And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming." And so, what we just discussed is, you know, he takes us up in his wrath. Yeah, he just had that, that, that. He takes us up in his wrath to meet him in the clouds, because his brightness would destroy his enemies. Hmm, they yeah. can see it. And, and I, I truly believe that when we go up, it's like a portal, so to yeah. speak. I don't know if it's going to be like a tractor beam to the mothership or what. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's like there's this void. It's like a breach in the enemy lines because Satan and his angels surround the earth right now. Hmm. You know, and uh, I think when we go up, that's, that warns the satanic entities, the, the, the high ones on high, the host of the high ones. And they're going to, oh, no. It's time. Yeah, they're going to see us go. Mm-hmm. That may be the time when they say, okay, it's time for us to come down. Hmm. And then they're going to arrive, and maybe that's when it'll be the so-called extraterrestrial deception. And they come down to say, hey, you know. Now, it, it may be that starts there, and then the battle begins. Like the battle in the war in heaven between Michael and his angels. It's possible it's going to last three and a half years. I don't know. Yeah. And if it does, at some point, he's cast down. And when he's cast down to the earth is when, you know, we read Revelation 12, that he's there. So it could be that he sends his envoy down first. You know, these are the ones that are going to spread the deception so that when we're cast out, when we lose this battle with Michael and his archangels, and we land on the earth and we're confined to the earth, uh, they're not going to see us as the threat. They're going to see us as we're really, like, maybe at that point, they're preparing the world to receive the one who's going to claim to be the bringer of light, you know, Lucifer. Fascinating. There's one final picture of the rapture of the church that I think is hidden in Isaiah 26. And that one hidden cryptic passage about the rapture, I think, is found in Isaiah 26. Shortly after the discussion about the wrath of God in chapter 24, we read these words, starting in verse 20. And it's the Lord speaking through Isaiah. He says, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation, the wrath, be Mm -hmm. overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish 
the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. We, well, we read those same words in 24. Yeah. All right. The Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain, the blood of the innocent. Okay. Right. In that day, when the Lord does this, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword, and it's the word of God, it's the sword that proceeds out of okay. his mouth yeah. in Revelation 19, shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. Hmm. I see the beautiful picture of the church, the Lord's bride, mm-hmm. going into the chambers of heaven, bringing his bride to him finally, yeah. you know, for the new wine to be offered, the cup, to finish the consummation of the marriage, you know, in the rapture. And we go safe in the third heaven until the indignation is passed. The wrath is poured out on the earth and all the devastation and cataclysm we were talking about and God's vengeance. And then the Lord comes back and he punishes the crooked serpent. He's bound with a chain. He's thrown in the bottomless pit. And then we return with him to reign for the thousand years, Mm -hmm. to restore a decimated planet in righteousness. Wow. And we'll be reigning with him until that final point where he's loosed a little season. And when you think about it, when uh, Christ said in John um, 14, I think, um, let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. Mm -hmm. If it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come back to receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And I think that's what he's talking about. Well, that's good news. Yeah, we got a special place in heaven while the indignation is being poured out. Maybe we'll watch it. I don't know. Maybe we'll see it from a big screen. (laughs) Maybe it'll be working on other stuff. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we'll be doing something. Maybe at that point we'll have us training with our swords to come back and fight. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Maybe we'll be doing like, you know, uh, boot camp. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever it is, we do come back. Yeah. And when the indignation is passed, we come back and it's kind of like you were mentioning earlier about, you know, are we not going to be able to lay a hand on them because the Lord himself is going to do all the Yeah. And I think it is. The blood splatters all over him, but we're on white robes and wine linen, uh, fine linen, white and clean. And so maybe we don't have to do any fighting at all. Hmm. But we're going to reign with him. We're going to judge the nations somehow. Um we're going to be a part of that kingdom for a thousand years. And then after the Satan's loosed and there's that final insurrection, we end up with a new heaven and a new earth, and we'll go on throughout eternity. And then it's a wide open field of discussion for what we're going to do for the rest hmm. of eternity. I know, that's amazing. Isn't it's, it? it's, it's almost, it staggers imagination. Yeah. So if, if the earth is just the model of uh, this flat disk and a little snow globe firmament over it, and that's it. And there, and there's not really planets and stars at far distances. That doesn't seem like a very uh, interesting place to spend eternity. It's pretty finite, yeah. pretty limited. Yeah. But if the universe is, in fact, vast and constantly expanding, that would make sense to me. God's creation. That's endless. We'll never yeah. stop exploring that. Because wouldn't you get bored after a few million years? <laughs> it's hard to say I get bored after about 15 minutes, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Proof point. John, thank you so much. Yeah. That's a great series. Yeah, I think it's going to be a... This episode was good. They were all good, but the last couple of weeks that you just laid out. Yeah, I I hope... Thank you. I hope that the information is useful because, number one, we want to give hope to -hmm. those that are saved because you look and we talk about these um, current events and topics of what's going on in the news and you wake up and you go, what now? Yeah. What's the next thing those idiots have done? Yeah. What's the next stupid agenda-driven nonsense they're trying to tell us? And you you, you get discouraged if you yeah. watch that. So I turn the news off, mm-hmm. uh, and I say, you know what? I'm going to think on those things that are good and pure and right and holy yeah. and just and lovely and good report because it's right here. Yes, there's a wrath coming, and uh, we want to warn those that don't know Christ that they need to trust him or they'll be a part of that wrath. But I want to give hope to those of you that know him because you're delivered from the wrath of God. Because that's your true job, right? Your yeah. job's not to vote people into office so that we can change the laws and make things yeah. better. This crunch, you're great again. 
That's not going to happen. I Your can't job see, is what you just spoke about. I can't see one verse of scripture that tells us to get involved yeah. in the governments of this world. Hmm. Not one. I, it tells us to be separate. Yeah. And it tells us to stand for the truth. And that doesn't mean get involved in some sort of a cause. Support causes if you want to. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. No, yeah. I do. But I think uh, active, activism is a distraction. And you will end up, you know, the devil will give you a victory to keep you entangled. And you, would not, you yeah. won't even realize yeah. that you're getting wrapped up in it. And he'll take your focus gently and persuasively away from the Word of God and onto your pet project. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you'll leave the truth of this. And he'll bring you down. He'll get you discouraged. Hmm. You know, He'll give you one little victory, and then he'll give you a bunch of defeats. Yeah. And then you'll start to question your faith. You'll start to question the, the veracity of the, uh, the Word of God and of God's promise to us. So... Put your eyes on the Lord and put your eyes in his book. The time is short and the Lord is coming back. Are you ready? That's the only question you need to ask yourself. And if you aren't, ask yourself why. And if you want to know how to be made ready, trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And thank you for listening to us today. As always, we appreciate your support. And don't forget to remember to look up for our redemption draws near. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.